Welcome to SIDCast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. My name is David Gibson. If you could, before you get any further into today's episode, go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast, leave us a rating and a review. It only takes a few minutes and it allows for the show to grow uh, as we expand upon our listenership, our fan base and as well as telling the SID story. So, uh, also, be sure to go ahead and go over to Twitter and Facebook. Give us a follow at SportsInfoCast on both of those platforms as well. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of SIDCast. My name is David Gibson. Uh, as you can probably tell from the intro, um, if you want to follow me and you don't know me, you can follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram. I don't care. Friend me on Facebook at David Gibson SID. All one word. Uh, pardon my voice this time around, guys. We, uh, you know, I'm sure everywhere now. I know that there was snow yesterday at the time of this recording out west, but at the time of this, uh, Allergies really getting to my throat, so if I sound a little bit different right now, that's probably why. Uh, hoping, anticipating that um, doesn't last too much longer. I would like to do other stuff. I would like to be able to talk to people without it hurting. Uh, but until then, you're dealt. I mean, you deal with the cards you've been handed. Um, so not much to do about it. But um, yeah, we we are back. We are all done. I think we have. Uh, here in Evansville, we have one more home softball weekend, which is crazy to me, and it's this weekend, and we had to move to a Friday, Saturday because um, because of rain that's coming. Uh, I think baseball has one more weekend after this coming weekend, but for for the most part, we're getting close to being done. We do have our uh, uh, USI Athletic Awards coming up as well. Our, our new arena has just opened up. Uh, I was in there the other day. It's boy, it looks nice. It looks sleek. If you look on our uh, on the USI Athletics page at USI Athletics, um, the pinned, I think, oh, maybe not anymore. I might be talking. I might be lying right here. But um, used to there should be a video at some point where it was basically a virtual tour. It was years ago of this new proposed arena, new five thousand person arena, um, supposedly going to be the nicest in Division Two. And, um, well, I, I saw that video and I thought, oh, this thing's going to be massive. And then I got in there yesterday or Monday and, um, I was like, this is nice and cozy. Got plenty to do. Got a huge varsity club room. Um, and then also some box suites and everything for division two basketball. Imagine that. Uh, I think we can really capitalize here based off of our elite eight and final four run that we had, um, just a few couple weeks ago. If you didn't know, we did have, um, uh, uh, the Division Two Elite Eight here in Evansville it wasn't on campus. It was about seven miles away from campus um, at a place called the Ford Center, which is where University of Evansville plays. We have a, uh, uh, I guess, minor league hockey. It's like semi-pro, but it's not really minor league. It's like the independent league of baseball. Um, the Evansville Thunderbolts play there. Uh, that's where we had it. And that was quite the experience. And um, I know what people were talking. And I know last night we had uh, – softball here in the Kentucky Wesley and SIDs came up uh Liz and Kenny and Liz was like you were grumpy that last day and I said yeah because I was battling a stomach virus 
I actually would not feel very well, guys. Uh, for a couple days, uh, last week especially, and it just kind of sucked the energy out of me, and it I couldn't. I was like throwing up and stuff. It was just horrible. I, I hated every second of it, and I really wanted to do more. And we're kind of getting to crunch time with class and with, uh, like I said, final home weeks and everything. It was just a really big inconvenience. It's a huge inconvenience to be sick and be an SID at the same time. I'm sure you guys are aware of that. But uh, we brought on Marshall Faye today. Was excited to have him on. Um, I got to. I I told him that I saw him on the uh, diversity and inclusion cover page of the Cosida magazine, 360 magazine that they had out. Um, I knew he was at Northwest Missouri State. I uh, had to do some digging to find out that he was at Texas A&M International. Uh, he's been just about everywhere. He was a middle of nowhere Kansas or uh, Missouri, whatever that one is, the kind of area. Um, went to went to Emporia State to run track, and I'll tell you that he couldn't run corners to save his life. And if you're a sprinter out there, you know what it's kind of like. So um, he'll talk about getting into the profession, uh, being open to moving around quite a bit. I know that we have the job hunt season coming up. We're right in the middle of it or right at the beginning of it, rather. And uh, I'll talk about that, taking a chance on yourself. We really had fun with this episode. I- I'm super happy with it, and I, I really appreciate Marshall coming on. Um, we'll also talk about mentorship with, excuse me, with our uh, s- not stu- student workers, um, building that kind of trust and building that relationship and training them and everything like that. As you guys start to think about next year, maybe you guys have a – you guys have a, a student worker who's graduating. Uh, maybe you have some questions about it. Uh, Marshall's a good guy to ask. So um, we'll get his contact information at the end of the show. Uh, be sure to follow our newsletter, sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. It's a Google form. Get yourself signed up. Uh, we are actually nearing the, oh, gosh, uh, in, a, in a few short months, we'll be doing our third anniversary of doing SIDcast as well as the uh, second um, Hall of Fame inductions for the episode. So uh, make sure you get caught up. Uh, I know that you guys are kind of busy. Maybe you're on some a long bus ride right now. Uh, maybe in the summer you'll catch up. But I'm really excited for you guys to get here all the same. So uh, anyway, guys, uh, we will start off today episode number 116 of SID Cast with Marshall Fay of the Texas A&M University at Corpus Christi Islanders. And his very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. Man, when I was 16 years old, I did an AAU track meet, and our regional was actually out of Fort Hayes. I'm from Kansas City. It was three and a half, four hours west, straight west. Had never been out of the state that far or at least that far west, went out, didn't really look at the campus at that time, but but enjoyed the track and field experience. And when it came time to, about after my junior year, I made state. So I think we get a form letter for every kid who makes state in the state of Kansas, we'll get a form letter from someone uh, saying, hey, we're, we're interested. And Fort Hayes happened to be one of the first letters I got. And I really didn't take any other visits. I remember being out there, I took, uh, took my parents out there and looked at looked at the school and just said, this is the place I want to be. Wasn't really looking to to go to a place where all my high school friends were going to, kind of wanted to make my own path. I think that's that's followed through pretty well in my professional life too. And 
it was a a great cultural experience. Being being an Asian American, going out to to rural Hayes, America, and <laughs> running track for three and a half years was pretty interesting. I enjoyed my time. I got better as it went, and then ended up getting hurt my senior year. Figured I I probably need to do something with my life a little bit. My resume was pretty light. I went in and interviewed, not even interviewed, just said, hey, if there's any positions next year, this is our sports information director at the time. He's now our, the track coach at Fort Hayes and Jason McCullough. I think it's Dr. Jason McCullough now. He said he'll keep me on the docket. As soon as he moved away, he was a cross-country coach. Ryan Prickett, who's still the SID there, came back to me and said, yeah, I need all the help I can get. It's my first yeah. year. I jumped in, and we weren't uh, – you know, all his, new, all his kids, for the most part, were pretty new to the staff. So we just kind of jumped in, and it was a great learning experience. What was your uh, events in high school and in college? I ran the 100 and 200. Oh. figured if I can – if I could run for about 11 seconds and get a scholarship, I think that's pretty smart. And maybe the academic side would kick in there too. But I was always fast. Uh, can't turn to save my life, really. Uh, left, right, football was out of the question for me. 5'8", so basketball is out of the question. Baseball wasn't really my skill set there for for high school at least. So comes to track. I can run fast. I've got pretty good reaction time. Now, that being said, if, if you steal something from me and can get away in the first 15 seconds, if I'm not catching in the first 15 seconds, your good is gone. I'm not yeah. going to track you down. No distance running for me. Uh, it's it's quick twitch, fast, and 10 – I got I got under 11 seconds once. I was pretty happy about that. And, yeah, yeah, I know, can't that's, imagine that's that. That's the claim of fame. Yeah, uh, and for me, for me, Marshall – I got a scholarship and all I had to do was run 16 minutes, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, quite the, quite the bit of difference there, but you, you just kind of mentioned it, that you kind of, the fast switch muscle and everything like that. And, and you were kind of ruled out in every other sport or you ruled yourself out in every other sport. So what was sports like growing up for you? You said you're from Kansas city. Um, what was the kind of catalyst that really sparked your interest to be in the sport profession? My dad grew up as a baseball fan. So actually, I spent the first year, six years of my life in London, Ontario, and we had the double A affiliate, the London Tigers for the Detroit Tigers down up there. So I remember going to games, kind of some of my first sports memories up there. We're going to baseball games, moved down to Kansas City. My parents were fortunate enough. They bought us season tickets for the Royals. It was kind of a you buy one ticket, you split with four families. So every four games, we got four tickets. And one of the first things I, I learned how to do was I got the little golf pencil. And I got the score sheet, which was free at Royals games. The programs were expensive, the heavy ones. But if I just wanted to keep score, that was free. And I remember just sitting with my dad, learning how to how to put in, you know, making shading in all the, the little sir, the little square, what an E nine was, how and what's a fielder's choice as opposed to a single, or uh, all those the baseball scoring stuff that that really has has just been kind of standard for for years and years and years and. It was a way to keep me engaged in the game. I learned a lot about it. And that was kind of the first memory, but sports has always been a big part. I always had dreams of playing bigger and being in professionals, but obviously not the case. So find a way to be around sports, relate things to sports, uh, whether that's math or science or technology or writing. And it's 
the sports information field was really just a great fit. And I kind of just lucked into it. I, I had no idea. I could have gone to any department at Fort Hayes State and said, I just want to volunteer. And you could be talking to me on NACMA for for, uh-huh. for marketing or, or something else or compliance. And uh, I could still probably be seeing myself doing the same thing. You mentioned that uh, you, you passed your name along to the first sports information director that was at Fort Hayes. And then he said, I'll keep your name, you know. And then the next guy comes in and says, yes, I need all the help that I can get. What was that kind of transition like for you? What was that kind of, tri- I'm going to call it kind of like a trial year. What was that like? What kind of duties, responsibilities did you have? Maybe some things you didn't expect. And I, if I remember correctly, it took about two hours from the time of me asking Jason McCullough to when Brian, Ryan Prickett came back and said, hey, I can use all the student help I can get. So it was it wasn't I wasn't on the, the line for very long there, wondering whether or not I'd have some work experience. As soon as he came back and said, yeah, I'd love to have you on there, uh, I signed up. And it just so happened that year I ran fall track and was trying a little bit through the winter and the spring but couldn't go. Uh, fun turf toe incident. So yeah. uh, that put me out, and it gave me some more time towards doing sports information. Started doing volleyball. We weren't even live statting at that point. We were we had a caller on both sides of someone writing. We'd write down one set or a point and then slide the paper down to the other end where someone else could input it so it wasn't live, but we were still getting in the stack crew. We hadn't quite figured out how to input volleyball live as you're going, a skill that, that I, I think many of us can relate to. It's it's pretty challenging. I love statting volleyball. That's probably my, my favorite sport to stat. Uh, moved on. I was shot clock for basketball. I screwed up once, and I got yelled at by our men's coach once, uh, working on the table. I reset it too early on an air ball and gave the visiting team an extra possession, and I got I got yelled at. And at that point, I wanted to crawl underneath the table, but, but kind of couldn't. It was an old-style shot clock, and I blamed it on technology or lack of technology. <laughs> and then I got handed softball for the spring. And small school, Division II, we're in the RMAC at that point. So I'm playing music, I'm running the scoreboard, I'm PA announcing, and then I'm also doing stack crew all at the same time. So I've got this great little setup, but I'm, I'm pretty much working down the line for each at bat. And uh, looking back on it, I'm not quite sure how I did it, but man, that was fun. I got to announce a senior script for the first time. Uh, one, of our, one of our wrestlers, he was dating a, a softball player, so he proposed to her on senior day, and I got to be part of that. They, they had music. They want they wanted me to play and and kind of being there with my with some of my friends and being able to do that for them was was really cool and one of this the real sticking experiences. It's also my first experience with football during the fall. I'd never really seen. Obviously, all all this was new, but being up in a press box like that was pretty cool. Uh, I enjoyed it as small as the Forte State press box is and uh, lacking of of some of the bigger amenities that, that some of the other schools I've been at have. It was the coolest thing and the biggest stage I've ever been on for for working at that point, and that that'll probably stick with me for a while. I like how you mentioned that volleyball's fun to start. I think when people came on this show, maybe early on when I started doing this, and maybe early on my sports information career, I heard that people hated starting volleyball, and I was super nervous last fall when I actually had to input it. It turns out I'm the perfect kind of person because I can just turn my brain off and just go. And I was like, this is no big deal. It's like, why are people freaking out about this? And uh, but um, yeah, I, I can totally get that, and I can totally see why uh, the the type of stage and stuff might be exciting at first for you. So, but this was your senior year, 
and it was time to move on. I mean, what was life like at the time when you had, start, had to start looking for a, a new job, basically? I had kind of, I, I didn't, I didn't do this right. And in hindsight, I would have done it a little differently. I was pretty well set on wanting to go to grad school and knowing where I wanted to go to grad school. Not so much who was going to pay for me to help go to grad school. I ended up getting a great reference off Ryan, and I still use Ryan to, to this day at Fort Hayes for references and just bouncing ideas off of him. But I, I was kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm going to start immediately in the summer and go to Wichita State for grad school and get my sports management degree, not really knowing that there were GA positions out there that, that could help give me the same type of experience while they're actually paying for school. Uh, but um, so I did, I was out of sports information for, for a year, the first year at Wichita State while I was, I was just doing classes and I worked a little bit with Wichita State Baseball. I did the pass list. So as mom and dad came up, I got to check them off and check their IDs and make sure they're on the list. But it ultimately ended up really well because I ended up going to getting the internship at Harvard, which wasn't a GA position. So even if I would gotten a GA position, I couldn't have gotten the position at Harvard that I did. I was paying tuition money for six hours back to Wichita State while working at Harvard for minimum wage and taking out uh, two extra student loans to help pay for housing and living expenses in Boston. And you know what? I, I paid off the rest of my student loans about about two years ago. I still wouldn't have traded it for the world. That was that was awesome. Spending 2007, 2008 in, in Boston. At that point, I think the Patriots had won the, the Super Bowl the year before. The, the Red Sox, I, I think, had won. And I think the the Celtics had won because I went to a big I went to a Celtics game and had uh, did have uh, um, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett on the team. I got to go to one game, and that was pretty awesome. Uh, so while I didn't get the GA position, that I, I'm I'm really kind of wish I if I had gone back and done it another way I probably would have gotten a GA position but in a roundabout way not having that GA position opened me up to a, a lot of new experiences I guess there in the opportunity well, at Harvard yeah what was it like moving from the Midwest you're from the Midwest and you mentioned that you'd never been west of Fort Hayes before so what was it like moving all the way to Boston honestly moving out to Hayes felt like it was moving out of state uh -huh. <laughs> it felt like this completely different world from from Kansas City on the Kansas side there. It's uh, for me, it was just another experience. Obviously, Boston's a much bigger city than Kansas City, but wasn't a, a shock there for it. I always, I was the Kansas kid who wanted to get out of Kansas, and I, I finally did. That was the first time I'd really uh, moved out of state to go work or go to school. So I was, I was super excited about moving up there and. And just getting a chance, I had a, a really good phone interview. I don't know how I pulled off the phone interview, but I think it was one of my better ones. My first day in Boston, uh, my boss quit. That was Chuck Sullivan. He moved from Harvard over to the, the then the, um, I think it was the Big East Conference. He was going over to, to, to Providence, Rhode Island, and he's going to work there. And... So Kurt Sabota, who who'd hired me, he was the assistant director, got named interim, and all of a sudden he's doing football. So someone has to do soccer, mm. and I got handed soccer. And at that point, I had never seen a, a collegiate soccer match in my life. Didn't have it at Fort Hayes. So it was a lot happened in a little bit of time there. And at that point, you're just working. I'm still learning, just trying to 
uh, had been a year out of sports information, so relearning InDesign a little bit, relearning some of the website uh, content management system tools, and then hitting the ground running because Harvard has 41 sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, quite the quite the load. I always look at that. Um, I see that internship every year, and I always look at it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, how do, how do people do that? You know what I mean? So uh, after that, you kind of bounced around for a little bit, like places like Akron, CSU, Bakersfield. I mean, what was it like to kind of move around, bounce around? What, what was your mentality? Have you always wanted to do that? It was – so after Harvard is when I – I needed. I knew I needed a full-time job, and that's when Bakersfield came up. I actually applied for Bakersfield, got turned down for Bakersfield, uh, turned down for a couple other jobs. So I'm driving across the country back from Boston. I was going to go back home to Kansas City. I was going to ask my parents for some money to, to fly down to Coastside and do the job fair. And and I was in a hotel in Dayton, Ohio, and I got the call that, that the, the Cal State Bakersfield job was now available again, and it was being offered to me. So uh, for reference, it's about a 48-hour drive from Boston to California to Bakersfield, California, huh. uh, knocked, knocked out Harry Potter seven on tape, uh, as I drove across the country, which is pretty awesome. Huh. It, it's, and at that point I got two years of great experience doing, you know, working in California, not having to scrape my car in the winter. Uh, an opportunity came up, I actually left, uh, the sports information field when, during my time at Akron, I was doing new media. So Twitter and we didn't even have, I, I don't know if we even started an Instagram water up there, but I was doing a lot of video. I was in charge of the video boards at football and men's basketball. We were doing video highlights. We happened, we had a good soccer team my first year, actually all three years while I was at Akron, uh, kind of a dynasty up there that they built. And I was doing a lot of just creative and video stuff. So I think all the new things kind of helped with the transition between the two schools. And it was a new adventure for me. And that, that really helped with, you don't even have time to think about where am I going or how far across the country am I moving. I'm I'm going to go do something new that I was passionate about, but still was just kind of wading into the waters. I, I really didn't know what I was doing, uh, looking back on it. And did that for three years and got a chance to move a little closer to home. So I took the Northwest Missouri job. And then last last winter, I got approached about the a job at Texas Dam Corpus Christi and living by the beach and uh, took it. So for me, it's been about a my job. Uh, my job goals have changed a lot in the last ten years. Like how? Uh, I'm still wanted to be an athletic director. Really, uh, I wanted to be in charge of uh, Kansas was the dream school. Go be in charge of Kansas athletics and sit courtside at all the KU basketball games. And as you learn, and especially in the communications field, as you feel, as you just learn things and are kind of that center for information, you learn a lot of there's a lot of elements of your job as the athletic director, at least that you're not in control of. And while as sports information directors, we're not in control of obviously the, the results or some of the team aspects, things like that. But none of those would end up co- coming back to cost me my job. Uh, whereas as an athletic director, there's things that could go on that you, unless you're just super meticulous, uh, all it takes is one bad apple to act on his own and, all of a sudden you're wrapped up in a two because technically you have oversight over them and they did something unethical and punishable. So you're, they're going to get wrapped up in it and you're going to get wrapped up in it. And, and there's an element of your job security there. That's, that's not in control. Uh, I, I think it, it kind of came around and maybe after Akron, I was like, okay, I kind of think I want to just stay in sports information and really see how, how great a situation I can make my, 
make it for myself and get to a point where I can teach and make it as great for other people who work underneath me and I can send off into the rest of the SID world and go from there. You mentioned making the experience great for the people underneath you and, and passing along all this to your student workers and, and places like that. So what has all these places, all these duties, all these situations, how has that helped you become a mentor to your student workers? And with, with Ryan, well, Jason, and then Ryan, all it took was, uh, it, I, I don't even remember how much I had to psych myself up to go in and ask him for a job, but it's incredible that all I had to do is just ask. And I was able to get an opportunity that ended up changing my, my career trajectory like that. And there's so many kids that, for me, I, I, there's an opportunity while you're in college, while you're here, while you're looking for an opportunity to do that all it takes is just to act, come ask somebody. For the most part, we all know in athletics, we're always short on student help, especially good, reliable student help. And getting the person to come up, I'm always really impressed when a kid comes up to me and actually asks, hey, can, what can I do to come work? Can I do an internship? I, I've got 40 hours of practicum I need to fill. Can, can I come work underneath you? And then I want to learn as much as I can because that's kind of how I, I started. And, and my bosses could have said no. Uh, I think some people are really afraid of the word no. I can't, I can't fail you. I can't, you know, fine you for money if I say no. It's just, hey, I'm either looking for help at this time or I'm not. But for the ones who can come up and it happens to time out, and you find that good, reliable student and who really loves the industry and loves being around sports and loves being in the midst of it, especially behind the scenes, it, it works out great. So I. I I'm always taking the the idea that that it, while I still have a day full of stuff and a weekend's full of events at this point, that if if a student goes out of their way and and asks for help and wants to be part of it, that that's somewhere I need to take the time because that was the time was taken for me, and honestly, that's how I got started. Oh, awesome! And I know that I cut you off a little bit there earlier, but you finally got a chance to come back to the Midwest. Um, even go down to Division Two and places like that. And we'll get to, to that here in a second. But what did it mean for you to come back to the Midwest and work for a place, I'm going to say, as, as successful because we just talked a little bit off air about what 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 did, what did my boss rate called the evil empire of Northwest Missouri State, basically. So what was it like for you? Man, that was – I can tell you right now that I really – didn't have much intention of going back down to Division Two after I'd been at Akron and Bakersfield and Harvard. It for me, it, it kind of almost felt like I was going to take a step back, and and I couldn't have been further from the truth on that. I took the interview really just kind of looking to 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 increase. I wanted to get back into sports information. I wanted to 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 get a good experience of interviewing and going through that process and preparing my answers, knowing what answers what questions to ask employers and being able to answer questions on the fly and. I got to fly in and have dinner with my parents in Kansas City that night. And from that point on, it was, this was, this was going to be great. Um, I went up, got the interview, a very special place, just 90 minutes north of Kansas City. I'd never been there. Uh, when you get in Division One, you kind of get in this bubble. You don't really pay attention much to Division Two. It's kind of a... Uh, unless you really have a tie back to it or you know, a family member or you're coming from a Division II level, sometimes you just never it never hits your radar when you're a Division I and you've got your blinders on and you're doing your sports. So 
I, I came in there uh, sheepishly, not really knowing all the success that they'd had in football. I knew they were good. I didn't realize to the extent of how good they were. And I, I didn't ex- know the extent of how, just how successful my my would-be boss was there. As well, it was Mel Churchma. He was the football coach at, at Northwest. He led him to three national titles. And he had just gotten the AD job, and I was his first administrative hire. He needed a new sports information director. And, and I think if I come in starstruck, you always never you never want to interview someone who comes in and says, well, I'm the biggest fan, uh, and hire them. That's never the, the right way to approach an interview. Um, so in, I guess in that sense, it worked for me. But uh, it wasn't until maybe a month or two into it, like, that I realized how influential this guy was in Division II football, how influential he was for this entire community, this this county, even this entire state, uh, not just for football, but for, for, for higher education. And working for him for five years was awesome. And being, a, being 90 minutes closer to home, we had our conference tournament down in Kansas City, had a couple of national football championships down in Kansas City at Sporting, at Sporting Park. Being able to travel back and forth, most of our games were around the Kansas City area, and then we had a lot of teams competing at a high level at Northwest. It was it was a pretty incredible five year run there, and I was really sad when when Coach Churchma decided to, he retired last April, and that's a little bit of the catalyst of, of why I decided to move on as well. But it it was uh, for the five years that I was there, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was clo- great to be close to home. It's great to see team success and develop those relationships. And uh, it, it was definitely not a step down. It was, if anything, it, it's, it helped my career to where I am right now. I'm glad that you mentioned that because we're approaching the job hunt season. And, and I've actually talked to a lot of people about this, not like on air per se, but just kind of in texts or phone calls or whatever. People kind of view different divisions as step downs or, or bad moves for them. Where do you think that comes from? And like you said yourself, that couldn't be further from the truth, right? It, it's, you have some, you will, you won't find better work ethic uh, than the SIDs in division two. It's incredible. We're not, you know, these are guys who are taking on 16, 18 sports on their own. Uh, John Keene is a great example of that. Gene Castle at Washburn, Don Weast at Emporia State. There are some really good, and they've they've done an incredible job with it. Uh, It's incredible time management skills. If you want to come in and learn your first couple of years, go to Division II. Go be an assistant at a D2 school and learn how to manage your time because no one's better at it than a Division II SID who's got, especially during a crossover season, about 50 sports going at once. And you're going to learn skills that – while being at a larger school, you might get uh, you know get a couple sports, maybe volleyball or or track and field or soccer uh, as an entry level sports. Just kind of that's the way it goes in Division One. There, you're going to be handed men's basketball or women's basketball. You're going to be handed baseball or or secondary football or these other bigger sports, and you're going to be doing them while you're handling three or four other sports. And I don't know if I could have done some of these other jobs without gaining that time management skill I got from, from working with Ryan at Fort Hayes and definitely not at Northwest where, where we were, we were a division two department. We had one full-time SID and that was me. Um, so it's, there are a lot of other division two SIDs out there that have moved up to division one. Uh, one of my favorites is Andy Seeley. You, you talk about getting a, 
a resume on there uh, that includes a Division II school, they're going to look at that. Uh, I know if I have a resume across my desk and it shows a good Division II experience and they have a good reference back from it, that goes a long way because you know what that person's work ethic is. And not to knock what Division One or Division Three or Division or NAIA levels do. Uh, I know people at every single level, the junior college level, and he he works his tail off. And I, I think sometimes you just feel like if you're not on national TV and you're not doing all these big things, that that somehow the job isn't as important. And if anything, you're you're way more important at the smaller schools because you are that ESPN when you're running the website and the social media, and the impact there that you're making. Uh, is so much greater. And then all of a sudden you're coming out with all these other skills uh, just based off of it. I'm not doing video unless I'm at a smaller school. I'm not getting a chance to, to do soccer or uh, I, I got my first experience with hockey. And uh, it, it's just uh, a different experience, a different skill set that brings in, but it, it by no means is it is it lesser than any other experience for, for starting off jobs. And other jobs. Yeah, I think a lot of people might be kind of like shooting themselves in the foot by thinking that way a little bit, especially as we start to get into this this new upcoming season for that. Um, and, and maybe take away some things that Marshall has said, guys. If I'm at Division Two. I think it's great. I love it sometimes. And he's right. It gets a little overwhelming sometimes. You mentioned it earlier. You did softball by yourself. I don't know how you did that. Uh, because I just did it on Monday, and somehow Stat Crew got four outs in an inning. How did I, I don't know? I, I I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, you just mentioned a little bit. You've been just about everywhere. You've been of every kind of size of office. So what has how has the job evolved for you? And what are the differences other than the obvious that you have seen across all these different places? I think it's fun when you. The, the growth of COSIDA has been really fun. Obviously, we have some people who uh, you've talked with a lot of them yourselves of those people that were that are on that next cutting edge and are going to help us redefine exactly what the SID role is. Obviously, our, our jobs haven't changed much in the last 30 years. We're, we're there to make sure and get stats correct and make sure historical archives are maintained and then make, make that data available for everyone else to go find, whether it's website or social. Obviously, social has changed a lot of our our job functions. Uh, I think sometimes when you get lumped into being the technology person in your office, uh, amongst all your your other administration members, hey, this is new technology. Let's just give it to the SID. Let's give it to Marshall, and he'll figure it out. And well, okay, guys, I'm I'm already doing you know this is a 70 hour work week this week, but sure, I can jump on that and and figure out what this what this piece of technology that you've gotten shared from. But it's fun listening to what other SIDs say and what they're learning and how they're going about it. And even now, you, I, I find them sharing a lot of more of their stories and a lot more of their work or, or their tips or their tricks on social media as well, uh, being able to pick things up that way. It's, it's, it has become, I, it's become, I think if you had a couple guests touch on it, it's become so much less about writing, really. It's, it's visual consumable content and most of that right now has been becoming very visual we uh, uh, it's our attention spans are so short at this point uh, I, I have I've absolutely gone to bullet point style mm. uh, I wanted my my athletic director in the first five 
know, five seconds of looking at a story to understand, hey, we won. Here's who did really well. And here's a keynote from the game. And then that way, if he needs to move on, he can he can move on. And if there's something else that he wants to read in the story, there's, there's more content down below. Um, you know, at Akron, I was doing videos. So our entire process there was an interview with coach so you could get the full feel for it and put highlights over top of it as B-roll. And uh, that was that was going to be the newest way of, of communicating our message and our brand out. So I'll be interested to see what our, our next the next step is uh, I'm it's almost gotten to a point now we, we finally hired, we hired a creative director here for the first time at, at Corpus Christi and that's going to be its own department here in a couple weeks in a couple years, excuse me. We, we, we have so many needs from our end and we're trying to prioritize at this point. Is it revenue generation? Is it student athlete experience? Is it some combination of all of the above? And how does SID roles play into that? We're so much more now than just reporting scores and and doing highlights. It's it's about telling a story. It's the student athlete day in the life thing. One of our associate ads saw that, and uh, now that's on our work docket for it. And it, it's really interesting to see where that's going to go and and how departments, especially smaller departments, uh, latch onto that. I've the only real level I haven't been at is is a power five. I've never worked at one. I've worked at a an FBS level football. Uh, school at Akron, but we weren't power five in that point. So we were always still wearing two or three hats at every single game. Uh, I kind of like the control a little bit on that. I like the fact that when I sit in in a senior administration meeting, that my voice is is right there amongst uh, some of the the influencers and the changers that we have in our department, the people who have the authority to do that. I I don't know if, um, I don't know if I'd ever go to a power five. I kind of, I like I really enjoy this level where for division one, this is our conference tournament is our NCAA tournament. That's our one shining moment and seeing the student athletes get a chance to experience that and uh, live that way. And, and then having a real actual impact on how games are managed and the way that the games are run and the way we help with their experiences is, is pretty cool. And sometimes you just won't get that at a bigger university. Yeah. Completely agree with you there. Um, so what's it been like for you, like moving around? Has there ever been any culture shock at all before we move on? Uh, this, uh, by far, Corpus Christi has been the biggest climate change I've had. Yeah. It's It's been awesome. I uh, love being down here. I think with athletics, especially when you're in your entry level, you're meeting some great people in your departments. Uh, I think that's the fun part. You get, you get thrown in with a bunch of 20, 30-year-olds who are – you know, they're, they're the assistant coaches, they're the assistant directors, they're, they're moving around too, just like you were. And you have your friends there for about two or three years. You kind of know that, hey, either I'm going to be gone or you're going to be gone. So in these two or three years, let's, let's have fun. Let's, let's go out on, on Fridays when we don't have a game that night and, uh, and, and just enjoy each other's company. Let's go to games. Hey, let's road trip. Hey, team's playing just a couple miles down the road. Let's, let's all jump in a van and just go. I think that moving around uh, a lot of times athletics is, is its own culture. I think um, obviously there's moving from Texas and Kansas and California. There, there are always different places, always different things to do, which I think is nice. Uh, but what I found is that I, I end up having, 
these really good friends at a lot of different places. And some of them moved around afterwards and some of them haven't moved around, but they're the type of, of people that you might not talk to them for two years. And then you run into them at a tournament or a game, or you give them a call about I don't know, a job reference or something that you've seen at their, at their school. And you pick it up like you, you just saw them yesterday. And I think that's, that's really fun. And, and getting a chance to move around and do that and meet so many people and have those experiences and getting to know them that well is pretty cool. Cause you're all fighting the same fight uh, while you're at work. It, let's, let's, let's battle through this spring crossover season. I'm going to rely on you. You're going to rely on me. And when it's done in the summer, we'll, 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 we'll go celebrate a little bit and explore what's, what's around the area. Hey, we're by a beach. Let's, let's just go uh, that type of thing. So the moving around part while it's not, man, I've had so many zip codes and so many street addresses. I don't even know. I've been through about four phones and four phone numbers with different area codes. Some people from my past probably still have the California number. I'm not sure. Uh, so many different driver's licenses, license plates, uh, going through the, the U.S. Mail Postal Service, change of address forms. Done that a lot. But, again, for me, it was it's never about – just getting to one spot and, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm, uh, I'm antsy or anything like that, but I know I, there's another step for me every single place I go. And, and that's kind of been, it's kind of nice. It keeps you on your toes mm-hmm. and uh, you end up, I'm not sure what, what my future is going to be here, but I've enjoyed meeting the people here and working and, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that chance if I hadn't moved around and, and looked a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about some fun questions I have lined up for you. How does that sound? Uh, that's. Hey, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, so maybe some one-word questions, the, the yes-no or word association. <laughs> so uh, my first question for you, Marshall, uh, <laughs> favorite memory of your professional tenure? Man, uh the Boston experience was pretty fun. Uh, can't we? We worked the lacrosse championship, so I got to go down. We were up at Foxborough in Massachusetts, and I got to walk around on the field. And I love stadiums. I love looking around. So I walked out to the fifty. I looked around. Uh, a bunch of my colleagues were in the press box, and they're, "Who's that on the field?" That's Marshall. Uh, what's he doing? Oh, he's just taking it all in. He does that everywhere. Uh, that that's been pretty fun. My first. Everyone says it always comes back to winning, but it kind of is. Uh, the The national championship at, at Akron my first year, that caught me off guard. It was soccer. It was beautiful. It was out in uh, Santa Barbara, California, so the weather was perfect. This is December. Uh, they're a team full of would-be pros for Akron. That was, that was pretty far up there. Um, I had a ton of success in Northwest. Every single championship there, uh, the three football and one men's basketball was – they're all, those are all pretty memorable, mostly because of just the people that you're there with. Um, honestly, the most memorable part about it was probably getting the first job call, honestly. Uh, I had just gotten – Dayton, Ohio is one of those weird places. It actually, has White Castle. Love White yeah. Castle. And I had just I, – I was driving in. I saw it on my way into the hotel. Uh, got to the hotel, checked in. That was where I was going to stay for the night. I was driving back to Kansas City. And in the parking lot of the jury in there, I got my call that I was, I got my first full-time job as an assistant SID at Bakersfield. And man, uh, I went and celebrated with, uh, with White Castle. 
and my jury in in Dayton, Ohio. And while it's not an event, it's not really related to sports. Uh, it's probably not food that you should have while you're doing sports. That's yeah, probably my most memorable thing was getting that getting that call, being told I had gotten an actual job and that I would be able to do this for a living was, was pretty awesome. I do the same White Castle thing. Uh, usually on my trip home back to Madison, it's about a three-hour drive from here in Evansville, right smack dab in the middle. If, if anybody knows anything about Evansville and the area around Evansville, there's a radio dead zone and a cell phone dead zone for about two hours. Okay. So once you get to, once you get to court and there's a white castle and I usually stop by if I'm doing a late night trip. So uh, it, it's perfectly normal. We got a lot of white castle around here though. So I guess I could really stop anywhere, but um, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? And having some of those, the running clock fast and basketball, not seeing that for the first time. I've had that happen. Uh, getting off in volleyball by a point or two and just not knowing exactly what happened and scrambling around. You go into full panic mode. Uh, so not maybe one specific one, but that, those, they happen enough now that I've gotten a chance to figure out how to fix myself and how to correct it so I can be my own safety net. But those first couple times where I didn't have that safety net, I didn't know what to do. Oh my gosh, I just, Stacker just closed and we're, we're dribbling down and I'm already behind by a point. Uh, how do I get this back up? Or finding a kid who wasn't on a roster who's, hey, wait, wait a second, who's wearing number 21. He's not on the stack crew roster. How do you, you know, that type of freak out. I, I'm, it's, so it's not so much more about, I think, one instance. It's, it's the little things in, in just doing our jobs, our job functions that stand out for the most part. Uh, things that, that, that are, a little bit out of our control when computer malfunctions happen or, or in some types it's, it's, it's user error, uh, functions, those type of things. Those are probably when I feel about two foot high and you want to just like I did when I messed up the shot clock, just want to hide under the table and can you just come get me when the game's over and I'll, I'll go fix it later. Uh, those are kind of the, the horror moments I think of the industry that, that I can remember. Uh, there were, I've never been left by a bus. I've heard stories mm-hmm. about that, about SIDs being left. Never had that happen. Uh, I've had, I've been there when, when coaches have been let go, and and uh, unfortunately, I think a bunch of us maybe in the industry have had this happen. Hopefully, not a lot of us, but but dealing with this when student athletes are having issues. Um, I've been at two schools now where where we had student athletes pass, and that that is just that's one of the the parts of it that you just you don't want to write that press release or or make that media availability you just kind of what you're you're kind of at a loss for what you do there and those are probably some of the the, the parts that i that's it's all the job i understand that but but maybe it's not my my favorite things in the world about yeah, our job not. Uh, moving on here a little bit uh what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession so I like how you brought it back up there. I got I got a little dark there. My, that's you know, my bad. Uh, <laughs> you got to kind of like, I've never found out a way how to bring it back up. So I'm getting a little bit better. <laughs> oh, this is great for, for students. I think at different levels, if you're, if you've never done anything sports information wise, just go ask uh, again, I've got a soft spot for kids who are, are proactive and want to come up and, 
they just, hey, I don't need to be paid. I just want to get my foot in the door, get experience. Again, I can't charge you money for it. I to say no, I can't fail you. I can't get you arrested. It would just be a no at that point. But most of the times, I'm going to say yeah. yes because we're always short staffed. Hey, I need here's a camera. Go shoot because I'm stuck. On, I'm going to be on the computer for for doing stackery during it, and we'll go through your your photos later and review and show you what you're doing right, show what show you what you're doing wrong, that type of thing. If for those who are already kind of maybe doing it in the industry, like you said, if you're a division one, don't be afraid of going down to division two. You're going to get some great work experience and you're going to learn some skills that, that ultimately will help get you that next job. Uh, for the, the, the kids who are graduating, I guess, uh, same thing. Look for GA positions. There are a lot of great places that, that'll offer you the work experience while you're getting an education. Then you come out of there with, with limited student loans and you can hit the ground running. Uh, when I'm looking at a resume, I, I like finding a GA position that, that someone's had where they've learned under someone who's pretty established in our, in our industry, whether that's division one or division two, I, you don't really make that, that differential. If, if they're working under a good SID, then that's great experience. And that's what I want to see. And then finally, if you're done with your GA position, I would say be open to moving across the country, packing up all your stuff in your, in your Toyota Camry and use FedEx. That's a great tip. FedEx your boxes of stuff of when you're your winter clothes in the summer, FedEx them to yourself. And that's a lot cheaper than, than paying a moving company. Uh, don't load up on furniture. That's, I learned that. I've, learned, I've lost a lot of beds because I just leave them or we'll sell them at the end uh, when I'm there for two years or so. And uh, honestly, uh, I mean, last not least, you, you spend so much time doing sports and being away. Um, you know, call your parents. Call your loved ones. Yeah, this is... We, you've gotten into it a little bit about the work-life balance, and I'll be honest, I'm, I haven't been, been great at it. I've been kind of going full tilt job for my first 10, 15 years in this industry, and we had a, you know, just being able to spend time or have the balance, I guess, is, is something that's going to be a real focal point, I think, coming up, especially through COSIDA uh, and how they evaluate our jobs and how, how we evaluate our own jobs, but, but finding a way to have a balance there. If you need to, if you don't have a game on a Thursday, but you know you're working Saturday and Sunday all day, not being afraid to go to your boss and say, "Hey, I want to go see Marvel's Endgame uh, on this date, and I'm going to go see it." Uh, finding a hobby, I think you talked. I'm going to keep referring back to John because that was the last one I listened to yesterday. Uh, was he cooks? Find some other type of hobby. Uh, I'm obviously not in a situation where I have to. I don't have kids. I uh, don't have a family, so I don't want that. It, working again it doesn't really work against you but it doesn't you don't have if you're single and you're in this industry you don't have a kid has this but um and and i wouldn't want that anyway uh, at this point but uh, finding time where you don't have to necessarily be married to the job at this point to have a balance and uh, whether that's people outside of work that you're spending time with or people from work that you're spending time with uh, i think having a balance at this point um, really needs to Will, will be something that they'll focus on here coming up. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? God, um, that's tough. Uh, I, we all want to be more effective communicators. For us right now, we're, 
I, I kind of wanted to spend my first year down here maybe evaluating a little bit more uh, before I, I fully implemented a plan. I like the idea of finding ways to tell uh, tell our student-athletes' stories and, and their personalities without breaking the bank. Uh, so I'd like to hear a little bit more maybe from some other members on how that happens, how that works. How are, how are you guys getting the most out of your social media content and telling your stories and getting an engaged fan group without spending 500 bucks on this After Effects package and uh, hiring you know five more GAs to just shoot creative? Uh, you as a single SID, how are you doing that? Uh, what are some of the things that you're using? Are there free apps out there that 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 help put this in a more consumable content that that you're getting a lot of impressions on? Uh, how are you getting faster at what you're doing? I guess more efficient uh, during a crossover season. Is there you know, is there a way or or a specific way maybe of training your kids that that you're able to move back and forth between a couple of events or? Um, I think when I've when I, I think when I made the decision, hey, I really want to try to become the best SID I can possibly be at this point, uh, without maybe some other factors into it. Um, really trying to just be dedicated to to learning about what it means to be an SID, and and that, and then trying to stay ahead of the curve, I guess, when when being an SID changes, uh, which it ultimately yeah. will. Um. Let's see. You kind of touched on it here here a little bit. Uh, Work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Uh, right here, it's it's the beach. That helps a lot. Uh, want to do some? Definitely want to do some traveling here through through the summer. Uh, we're about three hours from Houston, a couple hours from south of San Antonio. I'd like to get up to Dallas. That's it's about five or six hours. Um, big sports fan, so it's got to be tied around a Rangers game or an Astros game. Um, Family vacations. We did a couple big ones last year. Uh, at home, uh, God, I broke down. I bought. Uh, I, I ended up buying a PS4. Uh, had to get MLB the nice. show. Uh, so that's going to take. That's going to take way more hours than what I should be allowing allotting to it. But, but Xbox didn't have a baseball game, so I had to I had to buy the PS4. Yeah. Um, and, and really, God, um, I, I moved to so Maryville was 11,000 people. That's where Northwest Missouri was. And I'm moving to a city now with 330,000. Uh, my food options have have vastly yeah. expanded down here. And I'm having a lot of fun trying out new well, restaurants. So I think that's... Yeah, that's my, new, that's my next question here is, uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation next time someone comes down to Corpus Christi? Uh, so on your way out to Padre Island, which is, uh, when you think of Padre Island, think of spring break, but we're actually up by North Padre. And South Padre is about two hours further down the coast, spring break and all that. Uh, on my way, on your way out there, you go over this giant intercoastal bend bridge. And I missed this turn a couple times, but there's a turn right at the bottom of the bridge that'll take you to Docks and Snoopy's. And I've been there a couple, I haven't been to Docks yet, but I've been to Snoopy's a couple times. It's right on the, right on the bay. So you can literally sit on the, on, on the deck that's on the water inside the Corpus Christi Bay. And it's got some of the freshest seafood. Uh, fish and chips are usually what I go with, but they've got some some great shrimp tacos and just all the fresh seafood that you could possibly want. Uh, that that probably be probably be my choice uh, if I was to bring my you know bring parents down or anything like that. That's that's where I take them probably first. Uh, 
big seafood fan. So, <laughs> um, if anybody had any questions for you, may want to get in touch with you, follow up, what would be the best way to do it? Probably by email. It's tied to our phones. I don't like seeing unread messages on my email, so I'm going to check everything. Uh, I don't like having the little red flags on there. That's personal preference. I've, I've read all 584 inbox messages I have right now uh, on my computer and on my email. That's probably the easiest way um, for those. I change phone numbers so often, I, I'd probably recommend against uh -huh. that. Uh, Twitter, I, I can tell you right now, I'm, I'm not a good social media individual person. I don't do much on mine. I, I think that's, uh, I think there's a fine line there as communicators and what we do as fans. Uh, for me, uh, if I'm going to spend my time, it's going to be using social media to promote our teams as opposed to maybe myself yeah. on that end. Pretty private person. Uh, I fall, I guess I fall into that millennial generation, but I'm not, a, I'm not a big sharer. Uh, my Instagram page maybe has four posts in the last year. Just not, uh, not, not a big poster for social media, but, uh, and then, uh, honestly, even through through just Facebook, <laughs> uh, sometimes if you can catch me on there, I'm trying to join a couple more of those the committees and and do some more stuff with Cosida. Obviously, that's a uh, that's where I see a lot of them with the the SID forms that we have. So um, I'm on there quite a bit, mostly just to manage our own team pages. So usually on there quite a bit. But uh, no, um, university email. TMUCC. Awesome. Well, sounds good, Marshall. Thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And uh, hopefully it uh, maybe some information in there, but but I hope uh, everyone can kind of filter through, through what they want to on there. But thank you for no having problem. me on. I think they'll... Well, guys, there you have it. Hope to have a uh, a legend of uh, SID work on the pod next week. Uh, Dave Plotty, I think that's how you say his name. Um, got his name via Ira. Uh, same way, Ira's had some good recommendations so far. Uh, if you listen to our Brent Harris pod back in January, February area from Wabash, that was an excellent one. I'm super excited to be able to talk to him. Uh, that should be coming up shortly, the week after. Um, you guys are going to get a crazy story out of James Hayek, Hijack. I, I've never, sorry, James. I've never, I've never actually gotten that right. I don't think, I think I've got it right when I actually talk to him, but then when it's actually come to like doing this stuff, it's just kind of, kind of one in, in one ear out the other. But uh, anyway, guys do as the introduction said, follow us on social media. Uh, do as I said in my intro, follow our newsletter, um, you won't miss, you won't want to miss a single thing as we kind of near the end of this academic school year. So excited for you guys. Hope it all goes well, and I will catch you all in the next episode.